2: Is the Art
3: of Wrestling with professional wrestler, Colt Cabana. It's Colt Cabana. All right. How you doing? Come on in. Sit down. Relax. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds and souls, the hearts and lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I'm a podcaster, I'm a dog owner, I'm a video game player, streaming it nonetheless. Most importantly though, I am a professional wrestler, and I am coming to you live from my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge on Thursdays when the batches come out, and we are mid-season, mid-batch. Next week being the last one for a bit, but don't worry, they'll be coming back. The best way to support, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, brand new major mark cards, upper deck cards, different AEW autographs. I got a new pair of wrestling. I've never sold wrestling boots before. Match-worn wrestling boots. Those are up right now, ColtMerch.com. Don't forget to tweet out your love for the show. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And the best way to support, patreon.com slash coldcabana. All of the archives of The Art of Wrestling totally ad-free. Two bonus shows of Wrestling Anonymous a month with guests. Special goodies, handwritten envelopes, autographed swear words, and much more. That's the number way to support, patreon.com slash coldcabana. The guest today, Vicky Guerrero. And I'm not even doing her name justice when I say her name. Whenever she says her name, I'm like, fuck, am I saying it wrong? She pronounces that Guerrero elegantly. Only a Guerrero can do that name justice. And when this batch started, I had Chavo Guerrero on the show to promote me being on The Young Rock. Chavo Guerrero was the stunt coordinator on The Young Rock. The Young Rock just had its season two finale. Check it out on Hulu or Peacock. My episode, Season 2, Episode 8, titled Corpus Christi. It will live there forever. And uh, cross your fingers that maybe we can sneak on a Season 3. Season 3, they just granted Season 3, so it will be happening. Maybe let the people know at The Young Rock that you want to see the Brooklyn Brawler in Season 3. I know I do. Oh, to head over to Australia again for seven weeks? What a life. So fun. So fun to have Vicky Guerrero on the show. Vicky, the mouthpiece, the manager for Nyla Rose. These two are perfect for each other. So fun to see them backstage being friends. So fun to see them backstage being friends, making a connection. And Vicky has made a a connection with a lot of people over the years through wrestling. Obviously, Eddie and the Guerrero family. Obviously, a lot of the wrestlers in the WWE and now AEW, but also the fans. She's a very true person. I've gotten to know Vicky, and I'm so happy that I've gotten to know Vicky. I think it's made me a better person. And I'm happy that she has come on the show today, and she gets to tell her story. She's got a podcast, the Excuse Me podcast, and Vicky's been a guest on many podcasts before. But I like the way that my dumb brain works and that I see a story in my head. And so for me, it's fun to go through the story of these wrestling personalities and to ask the questions that come into my brain on the spot there's never any notes I do I do some research but not, not too much crazy research I just it's almost a form of improv comedy like I listen I wonder to myself what are the things that I'm thinking and wondering and then because I have a platform and a podcast I get to say them I get to ask them and they get to be part of the conversation that I have with my guests so very fun for Vicky check out her podcast Rick Flair <laughs> Ric Flair is the first episode of season three Yes, Ric Flair owes Kerry Silken a lot of money. He will never pay him for that. It does make me upset, but I do understand he's in the zeitgeist of professional wrestling, and uh, people like listening to him. He's got a lot of weird things and fun things to say, and I'm sure Vicky and him have a really fun convo, but this isn't about Vicky and Rick, This is about me and Vicky, so we're going to get to that in a bit. As for me, for years, you sat here and you would hear about my past weekends, and I would talk about all of the wrestling that I'm doing, and my experiences, and my matches, and the places that I traveled. And as I say that, that's kind of all starting to slow down. As I had a birthday, I've hit 42 years old. But this weekend, I was in both Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and Atlanta, Georgia. And then I, I flew to Los Angeles, not for wrestling. I Sadly, my uncle passed away which makes you also do a lot of thinking. But as I say to myself, it's time to slow down a little bit, save your body, you're not getting any younger, the calls keep coming, and I still enjoy going and doing wrestling. So I had a real fun experience this weekend. Jonathan Gresham is helping start a movement in basically British wrestling coming to this American scene. And, you know, 12 years ago, there wasn't a thing called Fight TV or, IWTV tv or high spots tv and those are part of the wrestling scene now and they're popular especially fight tv michael weber did such a great job in building fight tv i was there at ring of honor when you could tell he was on to something and was trying to make it happen and now i'd like to think it's happened and so a group like modern age grappling or terminus that gresham is helping run has this kind of platform to put wrestling on and so i was proud to be part of that experience on uh, Sunday and I'm going to go back there at the end of the month on June 30th and I'm going to keep myself in the wrestling world including AEW still signed still there I'm like Dennis Stamp just waiting for the call but until then I will continue a positive forward push with whatever I'm doing and that of course includes this podcast and this talk with Vicky Guerrero. Before we get into it, today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, and it's the best in below-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That rhymes, and I love that it rhymes. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle. They sent me the Performance Package 4.0. It came into my P.O. box and I want to tell you, I feel being a pro wrestler led me to manscaping very, very early in my life. Earlier than most, I feel. So I feel very qualified to talk about this stuff. I've been shaving and I've been trimming for years. It's part of my routine. Manscaped sent me the Lawnmower 4.0, and it's great. Totally reduces the necks. It's clean in the right areas and fits right into my bathroom toiletries. They also sent me their Weed Whacker for nose and ears. And let me tell you this. People notice that stuff. You don't think they do. They do. I do. It's the first thing I notice. Shave your ears. Shave your nose. Shave your junk. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code COLT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code COLT and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner,
1: adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: It's great to see you.
4: Oh, this is great, yeah.
3: Uh, Did you ever go... Uh, look at baker banner that was my first question
4: uh no honestly no and i have to (laughs) it's actually on my things to do list because i (laughs) i have a list of a whole bunch of shit that i gotta do during the road and i haven't got to any of it
3: (laughs) you seemed when so i just did your podcast and this will come out a little later than when that was recorded but for the sake of now as in real time as we're talking and you seem so excited to um, to look at to do some research about this, uh, this boy with Down syndrome who was so—he was a man, to be honest. Oh, really? Who, yes, who was so excited to say "excuse me" over and over again with you.
4: Oh, I'm gonna just harass him when I follow. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna follow him and harass him every day, and, and that should make his day.
3: Yes, just, <laughs> I think you should "excuse me" bomb him in your DMs, and um, oh
4: yeah, it's his life will be a uh, torturous from now on. <laughs>
3: good, good, uh, and with that, I've noticed so uh, and. I've noticed that you have like really taken on the the internet world, if that makes sense. Uh, what's the word? Not encouraged. Um, you've dove right in, like you're you're into it.
4: Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I learned like through the last three years that when I was depending on other people to get projects done for me, they weren't following through. And I was so upset and angry and I was just like... Only one I had to be mad at myself because I should be overseeing all that because I put too much trust in other people, so I just took on the whole job of hustling, you know, and putting my content out there and making videos. and I may not sleep much, but <laughs> I get the job done. <laughs> but you said you said
3: like these projects, so like th- I think that was kind of my where my brain is going is you, you wanted to dive into
4: these things. I do. I love it really. I mean, you know, and, and why and how, and well, I guess, okay. So I having you is like I, I guess a mentor because you, you have a trailblazed reputation of your podcast that if I don't um, work my brand, you know, with my audience out there, then no one's going to hear from me. So I saw the importance of how social media is free. Mm-hmm. You know, and I keep it to my advantage. And um, I've noticed that, you know, when you post and you have content and you're interactive with the fans, it kind of spreads the word. And when I don't, it's very quiet yes, <laughs> on yeah. my social media. So, um, But I love I love giving my fans what they want. You know, like if there's a funny thing I do at home or, you know, like my TikTok videos or my Twitch, um, I have a lot of fun doing that. It's just trying, like I told you in my when you were on my show that, It's hard to manage your time, especially with our travel schedule. And it's kind of a difficult thing sometimes because when we're on the road, we just want to sleep. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because we got back in our room like at 12 or 1. But um, I like it a lot. I'm especially bringing guests to uh, my audience on the podcast when the fans say, wow, I really love that, you know, guest. I didn't know that about him or her. It made me feel good because they got to know something personal about our, our wrestling industry.
3: Uh, you said it gets really quiet, which I found very interesting, that statement, because <laughs> yeah. it's true, right? It's so true. Like, if I'm not on t- TV or whatever and I don't post anything, uh, you know, but on the flip side, like, you know, social media could be so dangerous. And mm-hmm. when it comes, it comes. And when it comes negative, we're like, we freak out. Is there?
4: Yeah. Have
3: you had that balance in your head of a discussion? <laughs>
4: yeah, because, I mean. Of course, naturally, we look at our likes and our followers because that's you know that you're doing a good job when you have that number increase. Um, I've learned the hard way that when I've expressed my political views or made a comment about something that's going on in the world, the fans can either love you or hate you. And I it's kind of a sad situation because of who we are. We're kind of silenced by what we feel and think. And it's kind of discouraging to me, but um, I've learned to just kind of go around that and just focus on the entertainment side you know what my character is doing you know if i'm on like you said if i'm on dynamite which is very you know far in between or uh, with dark you know i try and take advantage of those moments and and bring my audience you know to know that something good happened you know with my work but uh yeah the the fans are they can love us or hate us and when they when they hate us it's a, a long day because you're trying to um trying to like reprove yourself again like hey i'm not such a bad person i just i have an opinion like you do Mm -hmm. you know but and when it's a great day you get all the likes and there's followers you're like well that was a nice day i can go to bed now
3: yeah yeah. um okay so i was really curious because when i was thinking like oh i'm I'm glad to have vicky on and and right like and you admit, I, you tell me this, if this is true or not, I'm sure with that territory comes, like, Eddie questions, right? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of curious, not necessarily the answers, but, like, your anxiety of, like, going into something like this, like, ugh, do I have to talk about this? Does it bring up, like, emotions? Like, do, do those emotions come up for you?
4: No. I mean, I, I always, you know... Eddie's always gonna be part of my past, you know, and, and part of my life because without his legacy and me being able to pr- perform with him in WWE, I didn't have that, I wouldn't have had that start without him. And so to have, um, be married to him and have uh, my family with him, with the girls, and have that legacy follow me with the Gaudetto name, I'm very fortunate because I don't take that lightly and I, I am very humbled about it. So when the fans wanna talk about that, I'm I feel good about it. Good about yeah, it. so but you know when people can, you know, put a negative twist on it, you know, or you know, I can't believe that they just gave you a job, you know, at WWE because you were Eddie's wife. I had to prove myself. And a lot of fans don't see that if I was if I was a shits, they were going to, you know, Vince McMahon would have said, you know, thank you very much, you know, you need to go home now. You know, th- that was the reality, but I did love the industry and I loved the performance side of it and I it was a family, you know, so I I was working with all my friends. So I wasn't really nervous or anything. I just wanted to make them proud as well and show them that I was going to give 100% in whatever I was doing, whether it was a food fight or making out with a guy or firing or firing someone. I was having a great time.
3: (laughs) Right, right. But the the mentality of here we are 20 years later about that relationship or whatever, uh, just going into these kind of things, it's all, you know, that doesn't weigh on you,
4: I think what weighs on me, Colt, is that I'm remarried now. Mm. You know, I got married, you know, 12 years after Eddie passed. And uh, my husband is not a wrestling fan. You know, he has his own life.
2: Perfect.
4: But the fans can be really cruel when I post something about us. And they have to understand that I'm not forgetting Eddie and I'm not not loving him. I just, I still have a life to live. And I still have so much in me that I want to share with someone because I don't want to be by myself. You know, my kids are out of the house. Mm. And... I don't want to be like in this, you know, house that there's no one around me. And I found a man that loves me and uh, he loves what I do. And he's trying to learn about the industry. And I have to have a lot of patience with him, (laughs) you know, when he asks questions about this or that. But, um, yeah, I think that's the worst part is when fans want to attack, you know, my current husband when he's just the innocent one.
3: I don't want to, like, encourage it. Like, does he have he doesn't does he have so is he? I don't want to say does he have social media, but like
4: he does. Oh,
3: uh, and do they they do that on that? Huh? Yes, oh, that they bu- they so bully much. him
4: a little bit, you know. But he's you know he's a mature man. Like right? he he's, he has his own career. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, and it's really great because when we're home, it's just Vicky and Chris. Mm. You know, it's just us, and he really tries to separate that because he knows I come from the road kind of burned out, you know, become stressed and tired. So we have a boat. We like to go fishing, and we like to uh, work on our farm. So it's it's really a cool thing that he kind of knows how to shut it off and just focus on us. But it's really hard when the fans are just like, you're not Eddie Guerrero. Well... And he just, he goes, what do I say to this? Like, can I say what I feel? And I'm like, no, just don't give it power. Yeah. Don't give it thought. Now he's good at it. He just deletes. <laughs> just I mean, right, or
3: mutes or blocks, <laughs> yeah. which which I've, you know, learned to do. Yeah. And that's a lot of power. There's two different, I mean, we've learned in wrestling, there's two different people who can handle social yes. media. And luckily he's one of. The- <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> but you know, blocking gives them power. Right.
3: I mean, I only mute now. Yeah, I don't block.
4: Yeah, that's true. I only
3: mute. I don't want them to have that power. They can talk all the shit they want, and I will never see it. And I'm a. But it's person
4: hard. I, it's it's hard. I mean, I'm I'm still I have a heart. <laughs> like for I,
3: the I, mean I, person who's attacking
4: you. Yeah, I just I want to tell them off. I want to give them a whole paragraph it's of what a I heart, feel. That's like a
3: true <laughs> villainous. <laughs>
4: yeah, that heel comes out You're of right, me exactly. But yeah, I've learned to just kind of just delete it or just you know leave it alone.
3: Hey, the shows are ad free over on Patreon. Let's take a quick ad break and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you
4: say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, Go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
2: Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
3: Okay, you made a statement that just like, whenever I hear it, it just hits this thing in my mind, which is like, we come from all different places, and we're all different people, mm. and you said, we, I work on my farm, which, you know, I'm like a city Chicago boy, so it's so crazy when we just talk with different wrestlers and they have different, completely different lives than all of us.
4: Yeah. You, you, know, have, you have a farm. <laughs> yeah, we moved into the country. I live in Houston, so we moved about an hour, two hours out. And we've always wanted that. You know, that was something that we're close to the water so we can be in our boat on weekends. And we're just really simple. You know, we I love to put a thermos of... a, a of beer and we go on the boat and fish and just cruise the bay and um and i love the quiet time you know that i have three acres and we're building a chicken coop and getting a duck pond and i have two dogs and i want five more and i just i love it And all the snakes i don't welcome them mm. but i'm really good at killing them now <laughs> Whoa, tech, what's
3: your technique uh,
4: a, a big hoe <laughs> just right down the middle
3: <laughs> Does Jake give you any uh, advice?
4: No, he doesn't like snakes. You know that, right? Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, he used it, he used the gimmick because it made him money, but right. he said that he couldn't stand the snakes. But I hate snakes. Like, I don't know why God and his loving heart made such a horrible creature because. I mean, we have coral snakes around our house. We have rattlesnakes and even like good snakes that we're supposed to keep around. And my neighbors are like, you should identify them before you kill them. I'm like, like hell I am. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, see if this one snake is going to be good or bad. I have dogs and mm-hmm. last thing I wanted them is to be in my house. Right. Yeah. Oh, man,
3: snakes are They could be, I wonder, people have snakes as pets. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you, so, okay. So let's talk about, uh, childhood growing up um did you grow up you had told me you were mexican
4: yes i am mexican cult
3: I just making sure, <laughs> get my P's yeah. and Q's correct. No,
4: my mom's French and my dad was Mexican. Your mom's French. Yes. Exactly. Toné de Oh
3: wow. Yeah. And where did you grow up?
4: In El Paso, Texas.
3: Okay.
4: Um, I was in the city. We were very much city kids. Um, out of El Paso, Texas.
3: Did your dad come over from Mexico?
4: Um, his family did. So he was born here. Okay. So, um, my mom and dad met in high school and they didn't get stay married very long, but uh, through various step parents and the changing of parents. I have five younger brothers and so I was the only girl. And I was into cheerleading and uh, dance, and I was a percussionist in the college band in high school, and um, I had a pretty great life, you percussionist know.
3: Percussionist in the college band in high school. Yeah, which in made high you school. Were good
4: at it. Yeah, a drumline. You I, were a drummer. Yeah, I sure was. Okay. Yeah, a xylophone. I that was the only instrument in band that interested me because there was cute guys. Okay. <laughs> I was all about the football players and the the band, and gotcha. and I was good. I was a flag girl. Like anything that was fun to do, it had entertainment. I. Love to perform, so getting into the wrestling world, it was. They're like, "Oh my god, how are you going to do this?" And I'm like, "It's oh, it's fine."
3: You've never seen me drumline
4: before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, so wow. Did you were you moving around a lot, or because uh, it's so your your parents did they have you did they have you in high school?
4: Uh, yes, they did. My mom was really young, but you know, she she, uh, she had a lot of kids. And so she divorced and then remarried, and then my dad remarried and had kids, and uh, we stayed in El Paso for all my childhood. So I went to Clint High School, and um, it was a very small class of like sixty-two, oh, wow. and uh, it was it was great. You know, everyone knew everyone, and uh, I loved my childhood. It, my stepdad John's the one who really raised me, and uh, he was just great. He encouraged me to go to college and do good and stay away from the cops, and you know. <laughs> If you get in trouble, I'll be there. You yeah. know. So that was good or bad sometimes.
3: <laughs> and there's there a lot of kids, like was it just kids running
4: around at all time? Yeah, you know, back then, you know, it's gonna be funny, we didn't have cell phones. Right. You know, I'm fifty three. You know, I I graduated in eighty six, so there was no cell phones. You know, when the street lights came on, that's when you you know, came in. Uh, you knew where my brothers were because their bikes were in front of their their friends' houses. Uh, we didn't lock our doors. I mean, the neighbors sat out at night, and my parents would drink with the other neighbors, and we'd have fireworks in our cul-de-sac. Really good childhood. Mm. You know, I mean, I didn't get into the bad crowd. You know, my brothers did, so I was the good child. Um, And so my brother's always resented me. Well, my younger brother, I'm really close with him. He's a year younger and he got in trouble. And my dad, John, loved me because I was his only girl. So I got away with everything that I could. And so there was always that battle of the siblings.
3: (laughs) And and no farming.
4: No, no. Okay. No, why?
3: No. Why do you like farming? Why am I stuck I, on farming? I just,
4: I, um, I love to rescue dogs, and I, I just, we have the property now, and my neighbors have cows and horses and goats, and I'm, I'm not too advanced in that whole area of like big animals, so I'm like, I'll see, I'll keep it small, and chickens and goats, and you know, maybe a goat, but ducks and dogs I can handle.
3: Did you grow up with animals?
4: Yeah, we had a lot of dogs and cats, yeah. and uh, we actually raised chickens at one point, but my dad gave them away to our. F- FFA team in, uh, in high school. So it was, and my friends had grew cotton and they picked the cotton on weekends and they had the big tractors. So I always had uh, agriculture around me and I like to help out. So it always stayed in my blood.
3: And where'd you go to college?
4: Um, UTEP. Oh, nice. Yeah. I went there for a year and then found the union and, Thought it was so great that I could be on a scholarship and party every day until I got kicked out because I, I wasn't going to class.
3: What's the union?
4: It's where everyone met. Oh, that, like the that's student where, union. yeah, okay. that's where you know the pool tables and the yeah. bar. I'm like, wow, school is so <laughs> much fun. Yeah. And um, I learned the hard way that you know I lost my scholarship. But then after Eddie passed, I went back to college and got my bachelor's degree in medical administration. So,
3: what, what had you been going for first?
4: Just business, it okay. was just you know. You didn't know what you were going to do, so you always took the business route.
3: And so I assume people that always go back, like, had it weighed on you your whole life?
4: It did. It did, because when Eddie and I were having our girls, um, it was agreed that I would stay home while Eddie toured, and I was okay with that, because I saw how long he was going to be on the road. And I I didn't want someone else raising my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, that was important to me, that I was going to be home and be there for them while Eddie was touring. And then when he would come home, you know, then I made... I made the home ready, you know, that we could all spend time together and everything was right for Eddie to enjoy the girls, you know, whether school events or something. I, plan- I was the planner to get him to, to make all the events.
3: I thought you were going to say I wanted my... Our kids to go to college.
4: I try. tried. <laughs> so I
3: want to lead by example.
4: I well, you know, I wish they would have. I mean, we I did ask them to go, but you know, also at the same time, I told them, you know, if you're going to waste your money, then don't go you know, because I wish you were my parent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was expensive. And they they both, you know, they're smart girls, but even college, you know, I, I think at that time when I was young, I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the discipline of studying and doing papers and being in class i i was interested in making money you know and having a job and paying for my car and that's what i like to do okay um and then i was a dancer for a minor baseball team in el paso so that's where eddie would go and watch me all the time and then uh i was getting ready to out for the dallas cowboy cheerleaders and two weeks earlier i was getting ready to get the road trip and go to dallas and i found out i was pregnant by eddie
3: oh my god
4: yeah so i was like Dude, you're gonna love me now. <laughs>
3: you, is there any resentment in your heart for that? Um, looking, kind of looking back after all of these. Yeah,
4: years? I mean, you know that. I mean, I you know I talk to Rebel all the time. I yeah. had her on my show, and she was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, and and I've always I've loved that group. I, Dallas Cowboys is my team, you know. So when I see them, you know, it would have been great, but I got two beautiful kids out of it and a you family,
3: and traveled the world and, and lived this life. It's yeah.
4: Like, but, so the good, you know, it wasn't really a bad thing, but you know, life was was great to me after that. So okay. it was all good.
3: Um, I know this this has probably been told on a million podcasts, but you, did, how did you guys meet? I don't know.
4: We met on a blind date. Okay. Yeah, I was such a bitch when I, you know, when I was dating. At, at in high school or it was after high school. Okay. Yeah, I was graduating '86. My best friend knew Eddie's best friend, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we want to get y'all together and see if y'all would." you know want to date or just meet and i was like oh my gosh like if he's gonna be like a drag or anything like just we'll meet and then if it's if he's bad then we'll just bounce and go to another club you know and um so we we got together and of course eddie was late like two hours and i was already dancing two hours yeah mexican time literally mexican (laughs) time um and I think I was already dancing with other guys. I was like, like I'm not waiting around for yeah. him, you know? And I we couldn't drink back then. We we're still underage. So, you know, all we wanted to do is me and my girlfriends go uh, go dance. And um, Eddie showed up and and my girlfriend, Tina, she was just like, well, oh, what do you think? Like, just kind of gave me these eyes. And I'm like, I thought he was the most beautiful man Aww. that was walked <laughs> the earth. Because when I was in high school, we were in the kind of a country Atmosphere. So the guys were very clean shaven, uh, short haircuts, you know, off the collar. Um, had to have their button up shirt, you know, very strict dress code. And when Eddie walked in, his hair was like past his shoulders, yeah. and he was had muscles. Yeah. Like my friends never had muscles. <laughs> I even know what they were. Yeah. And he had like the tightest jeans and cowboy boots. And I was like, oh my god, like he's gorgeous. A rebel. Eh? Yeah, you he like was. A rebel. Yeah, and so. Uh, he said, well, forbidden I'm gonna- fruit almost, right? <laughs> and he was uh, he was going to uh, he goes I'm going to just go walk around the club and I'm like fine whatever and um he came back around and he goes okay can we dance and I'll, we dance and I we felt...
3: Is that like I'm gonna see like okay? He you're was the, scoping you're the out. One. He was scoping
4: <laughs> out the club. You can't can't work a worker. Yeah
5: right. <laughs> Jesus.
3: No,
4: but he was just. He actually said he was nervous. He didn't know like where to start or to mm-hmm. ask me to you know dance or just start talking. And of course you can't talk in a club because it's so loud, you know. But um, we we danced and I broke curfew that night because I was supposed to be home by. Like two o'clock, when the and, lights
3: on the street came on. Yeah, and
4: uh, me and my, we sat in the parking lot till like maybe four, or four thirty in the morning, talking, and just fell in love with him. So funny story. When I got home, I was panicking because I was like, "Oh my god, my car's gonna be taken away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in so much trouble." Well, when I went to bed, no one was up, so I parked my car like kind of off from the house, so I could just walk to the house. And um, next morning. Uh, they're like, hey, you know, what time do you get home? And I was like, I had to be honest because it was going to come out sooner or later. I'm like, you know, I was late. Well, my mom started asking me, well, who'd you meet? I said, I met this great guy. He's so cute, mom. Like he had muscles, like the best muscles ever and the long hair, like I'm just in love with him. And uh, she goes, well, what's his name? And I said, it's something Guerrero. And he's like a wrestler. And I was like, and I can't stand wrestling, but he was really cute. And she goes, well, I know the Guerreros. From El Paso, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess his family's in wrestling or something. She goes, your grandfather used to make his dad's wrestling robe and boots. Oh, my God. And you and Eddie used to play in the playpen when, uh, his, when we would have them, you know, they're babysitting the kids. So Eddie's dad brought him to be in the playpen while my grandfather was fitting him for robes and and trying on his boots. That's amazing. So it's just been a funny story that yeah. how my, my friends thought that they were doing a blind date, but in reality, we already met. It was a
3: second blind yeah. date. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
4: really, really oh, cool wow. story.
3: The shows are ad-free over on Patreon. Right now, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back.
2: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
6: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we
5: are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: You said you didn't like wrestling. I guess that's the question, right?
6: Yeah, I hated
4: it. <laughs> well, because you know, it was part
3: of the culture there, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you know, a house full of brothers, wrestling was on all the time, and I'd be, like, oh my god, can we watch something else? You know, I want wanted to watch figure skating or cheerleading or whatever. Right, but if it's on
3: all the time, it never was just like fine. I I just want to watch the TV. Just
4: a guy sport it. that was just oh. ridiculous. Like didn't interest me. Okay, and then um. We dated for like three years, and going to the matches and being around Eddie's right. mom. Well, tell me
3: about the first the first time you go to a match.
4: I didn't know what the hell was going on. Where was it? Like was
3: it, big uh, it was at little? the Coliseum.
4: His dad promoted. Gory Guerrero promoted in El Paso. Okay, and his dad brought all the wrestlers in. The Von Ericks. Um, he brought in uh, Roddy Piper. Like it was huge.
3: Which is better than going to one where there's sixty people in a flea market. Absolutely,
4: yeah. And his whole family, like his sister, took tickets. His mom was in the concession. It was a very big business for the family. And And you
3: went with him, or went with some girlfriends? No,
4: I went with him. Um, We brought my one of my brothers with us, and so I could have someone to sit with because Eddie was in the back. And Eddie was very protective of the business, which I now I respect that because he was didn't want to give me all the secrets of what was going on but i didn't i didn't understand why you know i knew there was a winner and a loser but i didn't understand all the theatrics and you know i thought the moves were really cool and stuff but i was i had a lot of questions i, I don't understand what the purpose of this is except that there's a winner and a loser and there was like guys in cute shorts and i knew the von ereks so to see the von ereks I'm like oh my god like they're so you know they're they're so great and i i know who they are but then i thought well I mean, are they, are they going to be worth, you know, having a crush on? But, you know, it was just funny because I meet them and I'm like, oh, it's nice to meet you. But then Roddy Piper and, you know, these other wrestlers. I'm like, oh, hi. Now I'm like, what a fool you are, because these were legends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like the girlfriend that's just like being there with Eddie just to hold his hand.
3: Yeah. And, <laughs> and was he... A star that day, or was he?
4: Uh, he no, he worked. Um, he worked the back. You know, he was helping his he dad. Didn't even wrestle. No, he uh, was in the back. You know, um, probably in Gorilla getting the guys ready, telling them when they're up, and uh, he set up the the ring, broke it down. You know, helped his dad with whatever was going you on. Didn't think
3: he would want to take you to the one he was wrestling on right?
4: Well, eventually he <laughs> was starting to wrestle in Juarez, which is like across the border from El Paso. I wrestled and um, and so going to those matches was crazy i mean just the atmosphere of you know uh of course he had a, a following because he was a good guerrero and um meeting all the wrestlers there and i was going every thursday or sunday and so i was getting very familiar with who the wrestlers were and um watching eddie you know prepare and he'd work out and you know we'd drive over there and then i started kind of asking more questions like well How's this guy bleeding all of a sudden? Like, you know, how how is you know this guy so sweet backstage, but then he's such an asshole in the mm-hmm. ring, you know? And he was just like, "In time, you will know." That's all he would tell me because he didn't want us to break up. And then I was gonna go and <laughs> and tell everything. Twenty twenty. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know the real. <laughs> tell secrets. Dan Rather. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, and what was your like? Did you make? I guess what was your position at the wrestling shows? Was it did you make some friends with some other girlfriends? or no.
4: if anything, Eddie's mom taught me everything that I know today. So
3: you sat with her a lot.
4: Many times because Eddie would train in the backyard. they had a wrestling ring. and his dad, when he was alive, would sit on the lawn chair and train Eddie and his friends for hours. And hours. I mean, his dad put them through a whole training regime. But
3: was he like casually sitting back in a yeah. chair? Like, yeah, in okay, the shade. With a beer. Okay. In the shade.
4: <laughs> and, he, and they were in the sun working out. I mean, they worked out for a long time. Well, they had a, a table in the living room that looked out to the ring. And um, I would sit there. And, and his mom had very frank conversations with me about what it's going to be like to see Eddie in what is because I hadn't gone yet. And she's like, I want to prepare you you know, there's going to be women that are going to want to be with Eddie. Yeah. There's going to be women that are going to hang out by his car when he gets back to his car. Um, there's going to be people that don't like you because you walk in with Eddie and then you're going to meet some great people in the wrestling industry. And, um, and when I got pregnant, she already knew like, because she, we were really close. So when we were hanging out she was like, are you okay? You know? And I was like, yeah, why? You know? And then I think like, a few weeks later, I found out that I was pregnant. She's like, "I knew you were pregnant, mm. you know." And she goes, "And now we're going to have a very serious conversation." And she was a good Christian lady, and you know, and she just to, very frank with me. She goes, "I wish I had someone to help me when I was, you know, your age." And uh, she told me all the pros and cons of being a wrestling wife and being a girlfriend. And now you have a baby that you're going to bring into this world. That's going not going to be very friendly to you. You're going to be raising the baby all by yourself. Eddie may be with you but he's never going to be home because he's on the road. Uh,
3: is that the first time you had you heard that or had that realization?
4: No, that was she made me real she was the one who made me realize what I'm I was getting into. Yeah. And she's like you can either have this baby and not be with Eddie and and not have the stress of him never being home or you you're going to love him so much that you're willing to accept all the bad for the love that you have for him.
3: And did you did you go home to your family? Like, did you take time to like think about that? Or,
4: um, I mean, of course it was in my mind, but I was in love with Eddie. Mm. You know, I mean, we dated for almost three and a half years. He was my everything. And you know what's funny is that he would. The girls were always at his house, like on the door. Like, they had wrought iron because his mom had to have wrought iron because the fans were trying always. You what know, wrought iron. Like wrought iron fans around their house. No. Oh, yeah, right. oh, El Paso, because we have gangs, you had wrought iron because it would protect your front door. Oh, okay. you, no one could get into your windows or break in, like bars on the windows. Okay. Um, so, you know, sometimes Eddie and I would come home and there'd be a girl like ringing the doorbell and he'd be like, oh, hey, so-and-so. He had a lot of girlfriends. Let me tell you, like he was a gigolo, <laughs> you know, and of course it stopped when we were dating, but, you know, girls still, they knew where we lived, mm-hmm. you know, and um So I I knew kind of what she was telling me, you know, I need to prepare if I'm going to love Eddie, it's going to be for everything that this wrestling life is going to bring me. And there were some really hard times, you know, and, but I always had her to go to and talk to. And, um, she was like, you know, the, the wife is going to be the single parent and she's going to make all the decisions and you're going to run the whole house while, you know, Eddie's on the road. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like I'm going to have control of everything. Mm -hmm. And. Having kids and being alone—it was a really hard life, mm. but it was also good too. I mean, right. It provided a living for us.
3: And I mean, that's a full-time job, obviously. Yeah.
4: Just... Well, it was. What sucked is that you know Eddie would call and he'd be like, him and Dee Malenko and you know Chris Benoit. And all of them would be like a dinner and. They went to some fancy restaurant. They had like a car service, and he's like, well, "What are you doing?" Well, Shaw's throwing up right now, and Sharon has a shits of diarrhea, so I'm cleaning that up, and I have to change sheets. And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll talk to you later." Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he was good about it, you do know.
3: You, do you have like in those moments thinking back? While well, that's, I know it's like a big long time, but do you have like moments of remembering like there? I want not. I want to do something else, but like I know there's. I don't know, like Dallas. You know, it was there those times, or or the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, or drumming, or even starting a small business, or like not doing a podcast, but whatever the equivalent (laughs) of was back then.
4: I mean, I think in the moment when I was married, and you know, we went through a lot of hard times with Eddie's addictions and alcoholism. um, there were times that I did wish that I didn't have this life because it was real hard. And I was handling a lot of things on my own. But if it, the whole big picture, I loved wrestling. That was my, that was a big love for me because I learned to respect it. And it was a, a way that it supported our family. And Eddie was very good at it. So... To see how when he would perform, I was very proud of him and I love to watch him and, you know, and it was a great life. But yeah, there's always that, you know, like when you're home for like two weeks and Eddie's in, you know, overseas and you can't talk to him because we didn't have cell phones and stuff back then. You couldn't talk to him until he reached a hotel that, you know, had a landline Um yeah, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends because they didn't understand our schedule or our life. And my friends, you know, had different lives. They were single and, you know, did their own thing. So, and I had kids already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is a difference of, you know, living and, you know, lifestyles. But um, I don't regret it because I was a good mom. I You know, I took care of them and they were healthy and they were very active in school. So I was proud that I, w- I could be there for everything.
3: The shows are ad-free over on Patreon. but Let's take a quick ad break right
5: now.
3: So you had said that you were on TV with, I, I don't know the storylines exactly.
4: Yeah, it was the a, a dominant with child Ray. custody yeah, case, okay. uh, Eddie against Ray right. at WWE. And so that was in 2000, started in 2004. And then they kind of worked it a little bit and then it started getting bigger and bigger. And then, of course, Vince, you know, was bringing the kids in and the wives and let's make this real shit over <laughs> here, you know. And, yeah. um,
3: and that was your first, was that your first time doing yeah, anything?
4: Very first time. Okay. and. Uh, that was very, I don't. I didn't like to be in front of the camera because that's not what I ever did, you know, professionally. It wasn't what you knew. Yeah, right. and you know, and Eddie was just like, we just want you to have just a small cameo backstage. Um, I'm gonna yell at you, whatever the thing was. And what's scary is that, you know, they would say, okay, we need the girls to cry at this cue, you know? And I was like, well, that's not gonna happen. Like, they can't, that's too much pressure. And my girls were like pros. <laughs> they were like, just start crying. I'm like, oh my God, like, who are you? Were
3: they excited to do that at the time?
4: Oh, they loved okay, it. Okay, that's cute. They loved and they paid them, you know, so they thought they're, <laughs> they're already making a living. Yeah. <laughs> but um,
3: what were they? Well, I guess they were probably running around backstage in they, general before that, right? Yeah,
4: all the kids back there, you know, at that age, you know, like with Dominic and um, my girls and all the other who wrestlers. Is,
3: who else's kids were? Do they make fun
4: uh, of uh, Chris Benoit's kids were there okay. you know so I mean it's like this club they had yeah. and we really never took care of them backstage they had their whole they had their own little clique and they kind of went off and did their own thing and um, we'd see them like in the corridors you know running around and people would give them like popcorn from the concession stand and right. stuff so they they really had a good a good time backstage mm-hmm. but when they, we started bringing in Dominic you know he had the main part of the storyline and he was just a natural like, really he did a good job um but then we had Angie who's Ray's wife and we had uh Ray's other daughter and you know we just kind of went blindfolded into it and um but I, I loved it too Did
3: you feel any any pressure?
4: Yeah because if i did something wrong i had to go home with Eddie and like hear it okay. cuz Eddie is such a perfectionist. Yeah. You know i told myself I, I don't want this to be in the way of our marriage because I don't need this stress. Like if you want to find someone else to play your wife or do that, you know, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause Eddie had a lot of, you know, other storylines with other women. So that was very like, It's just another storyline to me He goes, no, it wouldn't be real unless they actually see you, you know, with with the child custody case. And um, I said, "Okay." And I loved it. I mean, they gave me, you know, lines to memorize. And I was, you know, when they the camera went on, I was I was good at it. You Mm. know, I I wasn't nervous. Um, But you
3: weren't nervous.
4: Yeah, I wasn't. You know, I just
3: in the leading up to it.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, Eddie was there. We, we all joke, you know, they made me feel very comfortable. I knew Vince really well. So they kind of, we just, you know, we kind of knew what was going on. Um, of course now going live for the pay-per-view itself, you know, and then having to go out there and run out to throw Eddie off the ladder and running out there it wasn't just walking that was very overwhelming to me okay. that was I was like I'm gonna trip over my heels and get get in the ring and I had like so many seconds to get to the ladder to stop Eddie that was very I don't think I slept like a few nights before that but it worked out great mm-hmm. you know and um, everyone was just having a good time so it was good
3: and then the so the transition to then uh, Eddie's past uh, can you kind of tell me that story of yeah yeah.
4: Eddie passed in 2005 in November and so I inducted him to the Hall of Fame in 2006 and uh I did that, and time kind of went by. It was maybe like six or seven months, and then uh, Johnny Ace called. You know, hey kid, you know how's it going? I
3: love that you have an impression of Johnny Ace. <laughs> How can you not? I, I know, of course, obviously. But
4: <laughs> and um, he was, you know, check He always checked on us. And hey, you want to come out and like do some, you know, work for us, you know, for the shows and just a little bit, you know, here and there.
3: So I mean, but who's I? Uh- does, is that just a random call from Johnny Ace? Or do you think, like, looking back, do you think they were brewing it around? Or had you said, hey, I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do with my life or anything? Or um,
4: It wasn't ever spoken, like, what am I going to do? Um, you know, we were we were taken care of by WWE. And, you know, he took care of the kids. You know, that was the main thing. You know, I set up a college fund. And that was really helpful. Um, you know, we were, we were okay. You know, where I didn't need to look for a job. You know, and I was going to go back to school. You know, that was one of my plans, but um, I'm sure it was a conversation because they want to keep adding the storyline a little bit longer because with this passing, of course that would bring some more viewers. You know, it was all about the ratings and you bring Eddie's name and the ratings shot up, you know, so many points or whatever it was. And they said, just come to the you know come to the shows maybe for two months. Let's work with you know Jericho and you know Benoit Batista, and let's do some stuff just to you know keep Eddie's legacy going. And with you being there, i will make it really personal. And we know you can memorize lines, and you know you were really great with the camera. So let's try it. I said, you know, so I said two months. That's good. Okay. You know?
3: but I mean, my question is like, it's just like Twitter, right? Like we can look at that both ways. Right? Like we can look at that like, oh, they're using Eddie's name, but you could also look like, fuck, like when you say it like that, like, let's keep his legacy alive. That's how that works. Yeah,
4: that's how it was. But the the bashing I got on social media and people talking to me, walking into the arena, they were so cruel to me Mm. because, oh, you're only there because you're Eddie's wife. Mm. Yes, I was Eddie's wife, and, you know, they're using me. But at the same time, you know, I could earn a paycheck to support myself mm-hmm. and the girls. And so it was a very, you know, it was a, it was a lot of like up and down for me because I didn't want to insult the industry because I, I love the wrestling industry and I didn't want to bring any disrespect to it. But if I was able to do this job and they were happy with it and every, and everything was going the way as planned, then damn, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and I liked it. But it was only for two months you know, because I had the girls at home. So I had family watch the girls, I was traveling once a week. And things started really getting good, you know, where um, they were talking about, you know, being a manager, or you could, you know, go with edge. And when things started taking off, where they were using me more, and I was on TV all the time. And Vince was like, can we try this with you? You know, you want to do this? And it just took off. And I was loving it. And they're like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, it's good. You know, two months will be over in no time. Well, then, I I was offered a contract. Let's try a year. And then Edge came into the picture. And then I was doing, you know, the manager stuff for for Raw and SmackDown. And I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm actually doing this. Mm -hmm. So I loved it.
3: Do you remember a time when when it clicked? Like when you're like, when it clicked? I don't know. When you're like, oh, fuck, I am good at this.
4: Um, I don't think. I, I think I was so worried about what I had to do each night that I wasn't. Enjoying the journey mm. is probably maybe like five years.
3: Five years, yeah. That I was Maybe oh, maybe three months or three weeks.
4: Well, because you know, I wasn't asked to do access, you know, with WWE, or I wasn't involved in a lot of the main uh, like WrestleMania moments and stuff. It was still the guys that were doing it. But when they started using me, and fans were actually saying, "Oh my God, I love your character! Like you're such a bitch," you know, like you're you're irritating me with your excuse me, you know, and all it just started. I started accepting that I I do have a place here and I love it and I'm going to do my best at it. So it it took a long time for me to to realize for me that you know I was doing a good a good thing.
3: And ex- excuse me came from real life I can only assume.
4: Oh, I, I forgot a promo one night. Yeah. I actually forgot my lines. Vince changed my promo like three or four times, maybe five within like 45 minutes going live and I was in a wheelchair. I was doing the gimmick of the wheelchair and Teddy Long was pushing me. We were in Gorilla and they gave me my first promo and I got it done. I was ready to go. Oh, no, there's revision. They bring me another one. After the fourth one, Teddy Long goes, you're going to fuck this up, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I think tonight's going to be a good night to do that. (laughs) Because he saw I was overwhelmed. I mean, my promos were almost two pages. I mean, it was just so much to do.
3: So, I mean, that's your filler word for I don't know what's happening, right? Yeah. And But was that a filler word at home with the kids?
4: No. No? I never used it at home.
3: Okay. No. I assume maybe that was...
4: No. I mean, and I forgot my, my promo. And so the fans are very smart in the front row. I'm on the stage. I'm looking like a deer, like... I'm trying to like search for what wherever I would begin. And they were so cruel. There were fans like throwing fingers at me and they were like, just tell me horrible things like we told you don't belong here. You forgot your lines. Go home. And I just yelled out, excuse me, like in my bitchy voice. And um they roared, like they got really mad that I said something back and I said it again. And then when I went back to Gorilla, I finished it. It was a horrible I mean, it was the worst job I've ever done. And um I went back to Gorilla and the writers are like, we're going to try that next week. Mm. I think we have something here. And so we, we, it worked.
3: It's but That's it, also nice that in wrestling, like for me as an agent or a coach or whatever, I can sit back and be like, that's a thing. And you wouldn't even know, right? You yeah. were just out there. But, you know, there's people outside of you and outside of your body who can pinpoint the things that yeah. will hit.
4: And so they would write, excuse me, at the very beginning. Correct. And just for me to, to start with that. Yeah. And then I, uh, when I left, you know, I, I created that. So I trademarked it really quick. Beautiful. Business. And, yeah.
3: Business and marketing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so
4: um, it's lasted, gosh, it's almost, man, it's like 17 years later, That's I'm quite, still using it. Hell so. yeah.
3: Hey, the shows are ad-free over on Patreon. Let's take a quick ad
5: break. and We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
6: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! Uh-huh, in my dentist's office
5: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. Were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You and Nyla are
3: together now. Yes. And uh, how's that relationship?
4: <laughs> I love Nyla. <laughs> She's great. Sometimes I just look at her like, who are you? Because, yeah. I mean, especially her Twitter interaction when I read her tweets mm-hmm she's so creative and funny and I love her to pieces I we just grew to have a great respect for each other um we wish that I in AEW I love being there I love the company I just wish I could be more of my character there you know because there's so many promos I could see at that moment that I want to do and either time's short or I'm not utilized in that same way so we talk about that you know you know i'm sorry you know we can't use you more you know i'm sorry you didn't get to do your promo because i would ask you know my agent like can i do a promo tonight you know so that's like the most frustrating thing but that aside working with her and seeing how she's just breaking these barriers you know with her the truth in her lifestyle Mm -hmm. and and who she is i'm really proud to stand next to her and just say this is my friend that's great yeah
3: of course um and fun for you i'd imagine to continue that life you get like you know like is great because it's just like oh if, you know once a week on the road and so it's like we can live our real lives we can farm yeah. if we want to <laughs> but then we can you know we can get a sprinkle of uh, what the lifestyle is right
4: yeah when I saw the, uh, when I went to AEW for a couple of appearances and they were telling me their schedule and I think I was talking to Tony and he's like yeah we only just work once a week and we were in Jacksonville during the time mm-hmm. during COVID and he's like you'll come out like every two weeks and we'll spend like four days here and I'm like yes yeah. I, i've never heard of this schedule before this is crazy and so that attracted me and i i i respect the schedule and tony's so great with shuttling us like, to the arena like in wwe you'd have your own rental car and get yourself there and on time mm-hmm. you know and then take yourself to the next city so that lifestyle was very different to come here and see how how um we're so spoiled we really are and when the kids, you know, argue, you know, they complain. I'm like, "Oh, you need to stop there <laughs> because you have no idea how yeah. bad this could be."
3: Well, Wrestling sh- has always changed and evolved. Yeah, and this is the, this is this is the next step of like, yeah, getting the guy, the guys and the girls and whatever, try, you know, getting them to shuttle to places and and having their hotels ready for them. Like, yeah. you, like we've evolved. It's be- wrestling has left the the Juarez uh, <laughs> fields and it's it's reached yeah. arenas and some capacities and
4: yeah i mean you know a lot of kids didn't realize that in wwe you know they only paid for your air to get to work and your hotel and rental cars were your own responsibility and food you know tony khan is i mean he Mm. provides food for us sometimes at the hotels that's such a a respectful thing that he shows to us not only as his wrestlers but as human beings, like, hey I'm gonna feed you tonight. So I don't take that lightly.
3: It's a little thing but it goes a long way.
4: Absolutely. So you know how he, you know, has taken care of us is, speaks volumes of the, the heart that he has, and how grateful we should be to be in this company.
3: Yeah, well, I appreciate all your success. I appreciate it. everything you you've done, and you do. Thanks, and Colt. I think it's still so cool that you're uh, you're you're still doing it. <laughs> uh, you're having fun. You're such a positive person. That's so great. Po- Thank the positivity. you. I don't know if, if that came to you. I, I don't know where does that. Ment- I, I, we'll leave with that. Like where does that mentality. Because I really appreciate and enjoy your positivity.
4: Thank you. I think after um, Eddie's passing, I really learned how life was very precious and how it could change overnight. And so we have a choice of how we're going to live our day. And I have a lot of stuff, personal stuff that goes on, you know, when we get home and I have to leave at the door because our days are long at work Mm. and we have a choice to either make the best of our day or we can make it a shitty day and I choose the, the good day. Yeah. So
3: I believe in it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Vicky.
4: Thanks, Cole. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Vicky Guerrero is on Instagram, Guerrero underscore Vicky. She will be attending the Ric Flair Roast at StarCast on July 29th in Nashville. And season three of her very fun podcast, which I was a guest on, the Excuse Me Pod, just returned with special guest Ric Flair. Listen, wherever you listen to podcasts. Speaking of listening to podcasts, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Next week will be the last one in the bunch. We'll take a little bit of a break. I will collect some more podcasts, and then we will put some more out towards the end of the summertime. Thank you for hanging around, still being a fan. I love doing these shows, and I love that you're still listening. You know what we got to do? I got some plugs and... upcoming. My Patreon, patreon.com slash Cabanas, where you can listen to ad-free archives of almost 500 episodes of The Art of Wrestling, ad-free archives of Wrestling Anonymous, and new bonus Wrestling Anonymous episodes just for the Patreon twice a month. This month, myself and Sarah Shockey listened to some calls and gave our thoughts on them. Go back and listen to the other months where I do the same with some of my other friends. For different tiers, I'll send you a vinyl sticker every month, and when I handwrite your envelope, I give you a fun little nickname too. A new episode of Wrestling Anonymous just came out last week on the free podcast feed. Go grab some merch, coltmerch.com. Brand new upper deck signed cards and major pod card mark cards are available. I have some new autograph pictures up, stickers, micro brawlers, the usual fun. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube are all at Colt Cabana. I'm on Twitch all of the time playing games, twitch.tv slash Colt Cabana. Twitch is free, but you can subscribe and you get some very fun perks. Wrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. That's where you can hit me up for shows, conventions, or any business or non-business stuff. Or send me something fun to my P.O. Box, which can be found at the bottom of my website, coltcabana.com. Upcoming June 30th in Atlanta, Terminus will present Modern Age Grappling. I will be facing Brian Johnson, also July 22nd and 23rd. I'm going to be at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa, doing a live podcast, wrestling, and so much more. That's nwhof.org. July 29th, Matt Classic is heading back to Lucha Vavoom in Los Angeles. GenCon.com is in Indianapolis August 4th. and The Gathering of the Juggalos will be the 5th and the 6th with many dates to be plugged in podcast cover art and designed by jimmy lee photo by james muscle white thank you to our forever sponsor one hour Tees.com. they help run pro that's where you can buy all of my shirts and cameo style video messages called shoots which i always have a very fun time with you won't just get hello it's colt you'll always get some riffraff from me that's over at pro Slash Colt Cabana. What a fun episode. Thank you for joining me. This has been The Art of Wrestling. From Colt Cabana. I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks.
6: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: you
3: Guys? <laughs> I know, like, guys' rooms and stuff. Oh, my room, oh, okay. But
4: you say you're laying around, so, like, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, you go, yeah. oh.
3: Are you doing a lot of interviews on the road? Or? Uh, I am not not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to get looted, but either he's doing something or it's TV and it's just like a crazy day. Yeah, TV sounds like it'd be a great time to do it. it's really not you can't find a place that's like quiet yeah that's how I feel and like I feel like an hour gap or whatever is still like hard to find even though we have all the time in the world well
4: and we've been on dark both of us so forget it That's a cool little
3: gimmick. Zoom. It's a staple in the podcast. That's a, a
4: what? It's Zoom, but I mean that.
3: Well, it's a different Zoom. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, co- it's it. called yeah. It's called Zoom. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's like a known. Hi, Vicki. Let's get some levels on you.
4: Testing. One, two, three. Testing.
3: See, that's good. I got to know. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
4: I had a meal of a uh, meal prepping of chicken sausage and eggs and a slice of bacon.
3: Very nice. Okay. I think that's good. Um, you got a meal? You got a. Your own meal prepping, or uh,
4: I did it, but I went to Fit Life Foods. I'm under Bryce's training, so oh. I went there in Orlando and got a whole bunch of meals for the road, and they're pretty good. Okay, I'm not. I don't hate them.
3: Okay, <laughs> yeah, so he has nice.
4: some probiotic that's disgusting. Like I thought I was going to throw up all over my room this morning. He's like, "It's going to taste bad." And I'm like, "How bad can it be?" Right? And I put it with water. I'm going to bitch at him today. (laughs) Oh, it's like a powder Yeah, I need to put something else in there, so. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to keep all my sugars down and everything.
3: I wish I had someone looking after me like that. Oh, it's hard. (laughs) All right, I'm going to get you to talk in this microphone the whole time. And that's our conversation. Here we are on on another beautiful day of AEW Wrestling.